Well, we are continuing in our legendary series where we are looking at some of the legendary stories from the Old Testament scriptures, from the Bible, not because it's important to know what happened way back then, but because of what those stories way back then teach us about our lives today. And I don't know about you, but I know what it's like to go through difficult times. And maybe some of you right now, I know it's Father's Day, and maybe that layers into it somewhere for you. But maybe you're just going through some really difficult stuff, some hard times. And for you, you're like, oh, no, it's not just one thing. It's, it's several things. And they're just layering on top of one another. Perhaps you're going through some difficult things, so much so that it's got you wondering, where's God? What's God doing? What's God up to? Maybe you're frustrated with life, with people. You might even be frustrated with God. You feel discouraged, disappointed, let down by God. Maybe you are bitter with God, or maybe you've gotten to the point where you're just like, God, I'm not even sure if he's there. I'm not even sure if he's involved at all. Well, if you can identify with any of those feelings whatsoever, Man, have I got a story for you. Yeah, it's the story of Joseph. Massive story. A story that takes up the last third of the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 37 through 50. I put that up there because I want to encourage you sometime to read it on your own, maybe this week. It's a fascinating story. We're just going to hit the highlights there's so many details. It is so layered. It is so true to life. To be quite honest, it is my favorite story in all the Bible. It's the story of Joseph, and it's been like that for like 30 years. I, I love this story. I can identify so many places with what's going on in Joseph's life, and I think you will feel the same. But Joseph and his story is one I think it's going to help you if you are going through some hard times. Okay, so we're going to speed up and I'm going to give you a lot of details, kind of take you through the story pretty quickly. And towards the end, we're going to get to a takeaway that I believe will truly encourage you and help you and something all of us can identify with. Um, the story of Joseph is the story of a really messed up family, really. If, if you think your, your family has issues, if you think your family has got some crazies and there's some crazy stuff going on, man, you're going to feel good. When you leave here today, you're going to be like, I thought we had problems. I mean, that guy, that's jacked up what's going on in that family. Okay, so we're going to, everybody should leave feeling a little bit better when we just see what's going on in, in Joseph's family. Joseph's dad is Jacob. Jacob is the son of Isaac, who we talked about last week, Abraham and Isaac, and Abraham offered Isaac you know, to God, and God came in and rescued the situation. Isaac had a son named Jacob, and Jacob had 12 sons. I mean, you talk about an eventful Father's Day for that family. Wow, 12 sons, and Joseph was the next to the youngest of the twelve. The problem is, one of many, is that Jacob made some unwise fathering decisions and he highly favored Joseph over all the other brothers and everybody knew about it. He wasn't shy about it. He had Joseph when he was older in his life and he just felt 
something for Joseph. He didn't feel for the other boys. And he, he let everybody know that Joseph was his favorite. Joseph knew it and all the other brothers knew it. Everybody in the family knew it. Everybody in the community knew it. I mean, it was just quite, quite, quite obvious. In fact, he made Joseph a special coat called the coat of many colors. And he gave them this coat. And Joseph wears this coat around and it just makes his brother so sick. I mean, and they get to where they just can't stand him. His brothers can't stand Joseph. In fact, it got just beyond disgust to the level of hate. And the hate grew and grew and grew to very unhealthy proportions. Now, Joseph was a dreamer in that he had dreams and he had a knack for understanding dreams. And the, the idea and the motif and the theme of dreaming will come up in the story all along the way. But one day Joseph had this dream and in his dreams, his brothers were bowing down to him and he was ruling over all of his brothers, especially all of his older brothers. Now, it's one thing to have a dream about that, right? You're gonna, you're gonna rule over your brothers and they're gonna bow down to you. That is one thing to have a dream like that. It's a whole nother deal to tell your brothers about it, your older brothers about it, right? But that's what he did. He shows up one day and they're working. He says, hey, fellas, check this out. I had this dream and you're not going to believe it. And he said, tell us about your dream. And he told them, and man, it just, they, it flew all over them. And now they're mad. They are ticked and their hate just grows to the point. Youth may think this is a, a, a lot, but I'm just, just let you know how screwed up this family was. They started plotting among themselves on how they could kind of get rid of Joseph. Yeah, kill their brother. Kill their little brother, Joseph. Get him out of here. That's how much they hated him. So, so they came up with all these kinds of thoughts and plans, and they decided, they decided to buy themselves time. They would throw Joseph in a pit and, and just kind of leave him to die. You know, let's not kill him. I mean, that's a little much. Let's just throw him in this pit, and we'll just leave him, and, and yeah, we'll come up with some kind of story. And then one of the older brothers were like, ah, maybe that's too far. I don't know. Call me crazy. But that might be a little bit too far on the... Yeah, we'll probably have to have some family therapy for that, and I'm really just done with that. So let's not, let, let's not, let's sell him. Let's sell him. And they found some slave traders, and they sold Joseph into slavery. Better, right? At least they didn't kill him. At least they didn't kill him. And so they took Joseph's coat, put blood on it, took it to dad and said, dad, Joseph was killed by wild animals. I am so sorry, dad. Dad, we're so sorry. And Jacob was heartbroken. He bought the whole lie. He bought the whole story for many years. This is what Jacob believed. Hmm. And then Joseph, as you think he couldn't get any worse, then Joseph was sold again by, by those slave traders. Again, to a, a guy in Egypt by the name of Potiphar who worked for Pharaoh. And so now Joseph was in pit, left to die. He was sold as a slave to Egyptian slave traders who then took him to Egypt and sold him again to a guy named Potiphar who works for Pharaoh. And he's like, man, what's going on in my life? I don't understand what, what's going on. This is crazy. And again, I'm leaving out a lot of details. You got to read this for yourself. But eventually Joseph got to the point where he says, well, I might as well make the best of this situation. I do what I can. And so he became a faithful servant to Potiphar, a very faithful servant. And, and about the fact, time that Potiphar began to promote Joseph, at, at, you know, in his household, in his estate, things took a turn for the worse still. See, Joseph was a handsome guy. He was a really good looking dude. And Potiphar, his boss wife, 
Potiphar's wife noticed how handsome Joseph was and started to seduce him. Come on to him. Hey, hey, why don't you come sleep with me? Why don't you come sleep with me? And, and Joseph was a man of integrity and in character. And Joseph was like, nope, 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 ain't doing it. Nope, 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 nope. And, and she kept coming on to him more and more and more and more and more. And one day it got so intense that he told her one final time, no. It was very dramatic. She accuses him of raping her to Potiphar. Joseph tried to rape me. And as a result, he got thrown in prison. He said, but wait a second, Joseph didn't do anything. You're right, Joseph didn't. Joseph was a man of integrity, he was a man of great character, but he was falsely accused. And in that day, I mean, he's a slave, he's a servant. He has no rights, very, very little influence whatsoever. And his word meant nothing. And so her accusation of him was enough to do him in. Now he's in prison. Now in prison, Joseph meets a couple of guys who used to work for Pharaoh, one of which was the cupbearer. Uh, the guy that takes the drink before Pharaoh takes his drink in case it's poison and he dies before Pharaoh dies kind of thing. I mean, how'd you like that to be your job? You only get one bad day at work then. Just one. That was it. And so he's the cupbearer. Evidently, he ticks Pharaoh off. He, uh, and then Pharaoh throws him in prison. Well, Joseph meets this cupbearer and, and actually the baker too, but the cupbearer is, is the key guy here. Joseph makes, makes a good friendship with him and, and the cupbearer had a dream. He had a dream. And he didn't know what to do with his dream. And he told Joseph about the dream. And Joseph said, hey, listen, I, I got this thing and this knack with dreams. And I, I think I can help you with your dream. I mean, it, it hasn't served me well up until this point. I probably should have kept my dreams to myself. But, but, but yours, yours, yeah, maybe I can help you with yours. And he, he told the cupbearer what his dream meant. And the cupbearer's like, this is great. This is awesome. And Joseph said, here's the deal. If you ever get out of prison, can you do me a favor since you work for Pharaoh? And he's the, like the high up. He's like the guy. Um, can, you, can you just put in a good word for me? And Because I'm here, I, I don't deserve to be here. I didn't do anything wrong. And here I'm here in this prison. You can remember me, please, and, and help me get out of here. And the cupbearer's like, yeah, man, I'll do you a solid. We'll do it. Great. Well, the cupbearer gets out of prison. He gets out of prison. And guess what? He forgets about Joseph. And Joseph is forgotten about and stays in prison two more years. Until the day Pharaoh has a dream. Pharaoh has a dream. He doesn't know what his dream means. He's talking about his dream and the cupbearer standing around. The cupbearer goes, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. I think there was this guy a couple of years ago when I was back in prison. When I was, yeah, back there, I think there was this guy. If he's still there, if the rats hadn't gotten him and he's still alive and everything there, you ought to go see if this guy, because he had a knack for, and he told me about my dream and my dream came true, you know, just like he said. And so, hey, you need to see if he's there. And so Pharaoh finds Joseph, sends for Joseph, brings Joseph to the palace and Joseph interprets Pharaoh's dream and tells Pharaoh, Pharaoh, I understand what your dream is. Your dream is this. We're about to experience seven years of plenty in Egypt, followed by seven years of famine. And Pharaoh, your job is to take the next seven years and get ready for the seven years of famine that, that is to follow. And if you'll do that, everybody will come to Egypt and everybody will be coming to you, Pharaoh, and you'll be the man and Egypt will be the place and you'll be able to save Egypt and all the surrounding areas from that seven years of famine, if you take advantage of the seven years of plenty that's about to happen. 
And Pharaoh says, thank you very much. I like the idea of that. Joseph, I'm putting you in charge. I'm putting you in charge of taking the next seven years and getting Egypt ready for the seven years of famine. So immediately, Joseph was getting out of prison and promoted in Egypt, second in command only to Pharaoh. Was more powerful than Joseph. And you're thinking, man, finally, from the pit to the palace, things are looking up. Life is about to smooth itself out, and, and it's just, uh, the, the old days are gone. Yeah, not so much. Because meanwhile, back at the ranch, Jacob sent the boys to Egypt to go buy grain. And when the brothers show up to Egypt to buy grain, Joseph recognizes them, but they don't recognize him because, get this, 20 years had passed. This is important. We'll come back to that. 20 years had passed. You talk about a long time for unresolved junk and crap going on in your life and in your family and in your world. 20 years of questions. 20 years of story doesn't quite line up. 20 years of, uh, I don't know. So Joseph sees his brothers. He recognizes them. They don't recognize him. And there's some back and forth there. Ultimately, Joseph, who has not revealed his identity to him yet, to them yet, he invites them to dinner. And when he invites them to dinner, this is a funny little side note, he seats them in accordance to their ages. <laughs> That's got to be funny. I wonder if they were sitting there going, huh, that's weird. But the drama and the suspense builds to the point where Joseph was like, I can't take it anymore. Joseph gets emotional. Joseph is crying. And they're like, what's up with him? Joseph said, I'm Joseph. I'm your brother. You sold into slavery. It's me. And they were like, oh, crap. We're done. It's over. I mean, we're done. He's going to kill us. He's going to get even right now. And Joseph's like, no, 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 no. That's not what's happening. In fact, in fact, I want to help you guys. I want you to go home. I want you to get your families. I want you to get dad. I want you to move the whole family to Egypt because I'm going to take care of you in the next seven years of famine. I'm, I'm, here, I'm here for you, and I'm going to care for you and care for dad in his old age, and that's exactly what they did. Went and got Jacob, got their whole family, moved them to Egypt, and then Jacob got old and died. Dad died, and then his brothers were like, now it's over. He was just being nice to us because of dad. Now dad is gone, his favorite, you know, dad's favorite, you know, all that kind of stuff. Now, now, it's off, off with our heads. And, 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 and Joseph, 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 we know, we know, we know that you're going to get even with us. So just make us your servants. And they bowed to Joseph and asked Joseph just to make them slaves. <laughs> Isn't that, isn't that an amazing story? Now watch with Joseph. Now, if I was Joseph, if I was Joseph, okay, and you were Joseph, we would have been like, see? Ha, 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 told you. I was right. You boys are bowing. Well, watch what Joseph did. Don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? And here's what's interesting. He was like God in Egypt. Second command to you know, Pharaoh himself, with a command, Joseph could have had all their heads lifted off their shoulders and nobody would have asked questions. But Joseph was like, wait a second, that's not, yeah, 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 I, I remember what you did, but that's not, it's not my place. Wow, wouldn't our world be different if just followers of Jesus 
felt that way towards each other? I mean, is there somebody in your life that you need, that really, they owe you? Somebody in your life that did you wrong? Somebody in your life that burned you? Somebody in your life that hurt you? Somebody in your life that betrayed you? And you're consumed with, when are they going to get theirs? When are they going to get theirs? And oh, you, you fantasize about the moment of getting even. Maybe, maybe you should just adapt Joseph's attitude. Am I God? It's not my place. And then Joseph said, you intended to harm me. But God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Dun, 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 dun. Wow. What a story. What an ending. I mean, at the moment of truth, Joseph says, I get it. I see it. You did me wrong. And you meant evil. And you meant to hurt me. And you did. But God was also at work. God was also behind the scenes doing things. And he meant it all for good. He brought me to this place so that I could save the lives of many people. Egypt, including y'all's as well. Huge implications. If you're going through some difficult stuff that you don't understand, if you're going through some difficult stuff, huge implications. And there's so many takeaways. There's so many things we learn. It's a huge story. But at least we learn this through Joseph's story. That God does good things through bad things. Got bad things going on in your life? What Joseph's story reminds us is that God is the kind of God who does good things through bad things. I mean, bad things are bad, right? Look at this. This is bad. Pit, he's left to die, sold into slavery twice, accused of rape, prison, bad, 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 forgot for two years, bad, and, and 20 years of unanswered questions, 20 years of what is going on, bad, 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 bad. Maybe you got your own list. You could say, well, hey, man, I, got, I need two or three screens of stuff because I got lots of bad. And it's okay to say bad is bad. It's okay to just admit it's bad. It's just not fair. That was unkind. That hurt. That was raw. I don't get that. I feel betrayed. I feel taken advantage of. I feel forgotten. I feel let down. It's, it's okay to call bad, bad. We just need to stop this stuff in the church and with Christians where we don't allow ourselves to be honest with ourselves and each other and say this is bad. But God is a way of taking the bad that is bad and achieving good through it, in spite of it, and with it. It's amazing. This reminds me of the day, thousands of years later, when a guy named Paul in the first century would be writing a letter to a group of Christians in Rome, and he would pin the words, or you know, quill the words, or whatever they wrote with. You, you get the idea. He wrote down, and God works all things together for good. That God works with us in all things. He didn't say that all things are good. Some things are just bad. But God takes the bad. And even in the bad, God works all things in ways that only God can together for good. Now, I know that doesn't change your situation. And I know that doesn't change your pain. And I know it doesn't take it away. And I know it doesn't just solve everything. And you're like, oh, okay, well, I'm good now. I, I get that. I understand that. And in fact, you might be thinking, well, I got questions. Did God do this to Joseph? Or did God just allow it? Because, because it seems like Joseph was like thinking that God was orchestrating some of these details. Yeah. Maybe you look in the mirror and go, has God, has God caused these things in my life? Is God messing with me? Or has God just allowed this stuff to happen? Well, here's the truth. 
God is powerful enough to stop anything at any time for anyone. God is also powerful enough to start anything for, any, for anyone at any time because God is God, which means God can cause things, God can stop things, and God often allows things. And, and, and here's the truth. We don't know when. We don't know when it's which. We don't know when God is causing it, allowing it, starting it, stopping it. We don't know exactly what God is up to. In fact, it's not ours to know. And if you're thinking, well, it's Satan. It, this is bad. This is negative. This is, then it's just the devil messing with me. It's Satan. Okay, fine. If that helps you to be able to process it that way, that's fine. But here's the deal. Even then, Satan can only do what God allows him to do. So now we're back to God. Is God causing this or is God allowing this? And let me free you up from this. Ready? It's the wrong question. You drive yourself crazy trying to figure that one out. It, it really is pointless because you're in it regardless of whether God caused it or allowed it or Satan's doing it. You're in it. It's on your plate. You got to deal with it, like it or not, figure it out or not. And, he, and here's the deal. You assume that if you knew the answer, it would help. That if you knew why, that it would help. That if you knew the why, if you knew what God knew, that you would be like, oh, well, as long as I know, as long as I know that God was doing this, I'm good with it. No, you wouldn't be. You'd be just like me, just like all of us. We'd get, listen, God, we gotta have a talk. There was another way to accomplish this in my life than that. If you would have just let me know, right? I mean, if you could have just let me, okay, no, no, see. We don't know those things. Don't drive yourself crazy because you'll grow in your bitterness to God trying to figure out the mind of God and things that you can't change or control. So what do we know for sure? We know that God does good things through bad things for us. He does good things through, through bad things for you, in you, and for others. He does good things through bad things for you in ways that you have yet to see. And in you, character, shaping, integrity. If you, if you pay attention and, and kind of follow Joseph's maturity and growth through the story, you see him changing and growing and, and becoming more mature. I mean, he went from a kid that's like, I had a dream, y'all gonna bow down to me. Dumb thing to say to your brothers. Now, fast forward 20 years later, he's going, listen, I have the power. I have the power to get even but I'm not God. I forgive you. And I see now that God has brought me to this place. Wow, what a transformation. Nothing will mature you, like it or not, nothing will mature you or grow you more or quickly or more deeply than pain and suffering, problems. God has a way of doing good things through bad things in you and for other people. This wasn't just about Joseph, and Joseph saw that. It wasn't just about him. This was about saving his family. This was about saving Egypt. It was so much bigger than Joseph. Here's the deal. I don't know what you're going through, but learn what Joseph learned. It's never just about you. It's never just about here, and it's never just about now. It may be happening to you, but it's not just about you, and it's not just for you. Let me, let me point out something before we begin to kind of land this story together and how it applies to me and you further. 
You and I have the luxury of looking at the story and reading it kind of in one fell swoop. 13 chapters, Genesis 37 to 50. We see it all in a moment. But God was working on the whole story, wasn't he? Now we have the, we have the luxury. We have the luxury of looking at the whole story in 13 chapters, but it took 20 years. And what God was working on took 20 years of Joseph's life to get him to the point where he could see. He says, you meant it for evil, God meant it for good. God brought me to this place. And here's why I bring that up. Because you and I, we don't want 20 years. We don't like 20 years. We can't handle often 20 years. We're in the moment, right? And when you're in the moment, you're like, all I can see is the moment. All I can feel is this moment. And I want God to get me out of this moment. And I want God to fix this moment. I feel like the song, I'm stuck in this moment and I can't get out of it. And what is God gonna do about my moments? Just remember why God cares about your moment and you in your moment. He's working on the whole story. He's working on your whole story, not just this one moment. And what's he doing? He's doing good things through bad things. Even when I can't see it and I can't understand it and I can't explain it. Joseph couldn't see, he couldn't understand and he couldn't explain along the way. And I want, I want to see, we want to see, right? We want to know, we want to understand, we want to be able to explain it. We want to be able to know so much more than we do know. And here's the truth. You and I may never see what Joseph saw. We may never get to the point where we can look back on our lives and go, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's the truth. Just because it doesn't make sense to you doesn't mean your story is not making sense. Just be, don't assume that just because you don't understand it that it's not understandable. Don't assume that just because you can't make sense of it that it doesn't make sense. God is working on the whole story and always the bigger picture. And you and I get laser locked in on the moments. God does big things through the bad things. And he doesn't waste a hurt. He doesn't waste a pain. He doesn't waste a problem. He is just that good. I've been following Jesus for over four decades. And I've been a pastor for almost three decades. And there are some places in my life, like Joseph, that I can look back some of the pain and problems and go, I see what God was doing there. I think I see. I see how God was preparing me. I think I see, I think I see how some of the pieces fit together. Because I would have, had that not happened to me, had I not gone through that, then I would have never known this. I would have never learned this. I would have never had this. I would have never met her. I would have never met him. I would have never had that relationship with them. And wow. But listen very carefully. After three decades of pastoring and over four decades of following Jesus, I have so many more things that I look back on and go, I don't have a freaking clue what that was about. I don't know. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. I can't make that. I can't reconcile that. And there are some things going on in my life right now that I look at and go, I don't have the slightest clue. That makes no sense to me. I can't see how this is good. I can't see how this is going to be helpful. I can't, I can't see how this is. Hmm. 
And here's what I have to do. I have to come back to stories like the story of Joseph and go, I, I can't see what Joseph sees. I, I'm not at a place where Joseph is just yet. But what this teaches me about who God is, is that God taking all of these bad things and he's doing good things through them. This is not in my notes. I just, can you imagine what Jesus' followers felt like on the day he was crucified? It's over. It's over. They had no idea the whole story that God was working on and that there was a resurrection coming. They had no idea. They had no idea that God was working on good things through the worst thing imaginable. I don't know what's going on in your marriage. I don't know what's going on in your family. Hey, parents, I don't, I don't know what's happening with your teenagers, with your toddlers, with your adult children. Hey, grandparents, I don't know how the wheels are beginning to wobble and come off for your family. Hey, sir, I, ma'am, I, I don't know what's going on in your business. I, I, I don't know what you're facing financially. I don't know what, what kind of health challenge you're facing right now. I, I don't know what kind of personal crisis that you're staring at. And it's okay to say this is bad. This is bad. Because bad is bad. But God specializes in doing good things through those bad things. Now, now listen, I know, I know it's one thing for you to hear me say this, and it's a whole different thing to, to believe it and to live it because pain blinds us. Pain makes this hard. And if you hurt long enough, hard enough, you get to a place where you feel helpless. Do you know why you feel helpless? Are you, are you honest enough to, feel, to say you feel helpless in your situation? Do you know why you feel helpless? You may not like the answer, but I'm gonna give it to you anyway. You know why you feel helpless? Because you are helpless. I know that, I know that may, you know, counselors may not agree. You know, I, I get it, but you're, but you're helpless. You know, here's how I know you're helpless. Because if you could control it and change it, you wouldn't be in this situation to begin with, now would you? No. You wouldn't be in this situation if you had control and could change it. So you are helpless. Because you're human, but you are not hopeless. Because God does good things through bad things. So what can you do? What can you do? What can you do with your kids? What can you do with your life? What can you do with your finances? What can you do with your health? What can you do with the situation? What can you do in your business? What can you do? What can you do? What can you do when you look in the mirror and you're going through pain you can't explain? You're going through pain that you don't even fully understand. You just, what can you do? Well, let me, let me show you what we all have to do. Trust and keep going. This is what Joseph did. Trusted, because all throughout the story, the story says, and God was with Joseph. God was with Joseph. And God was with Joseph. He kept trusting. God is with me. I don't like this. God is with me. I don't understand this. God is with me. So I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep doing a good job today. I'm going to keep being a man of integrity. I'm going to keep doing the next right thing. You trust. And, and here's the deal with trust. It would be great to be able to say, I trust God with your whole life, but you can't see your whole life. You can't see your whole story that God is working on. You're in the moment. And so you have, that's where you have to trust. You have to trust God in this moment. And then with the next moment, I'm going to trust God with that. And then the next moment, well, what about this? What about that? I don't know. I don't have the grace for that. I don't have the strength for that. I don't have the grace for that. I, 
only am able to trust right here and now with what's in front of me. I'll do my best with that. I got my hands full with this moment. Trust moment by moment by moment and keep going, keep going, keep living, keep loving, keep being married, keep being a great parent, keep being a great boss, keep being a faithful employee, keep being a great friend, brother, sister, keep serving, keep giving, keep living, keep loving, keep doing life. Do the next right thing. You trust and keep going. You trust, you keep going. Why? Because God does good things through all of those bad things. Let's pray. Father, whew, thank you. We, we, we have many Joseph-type moments. And right now, I know, I know this room is filled with people and that there are so many people watching right now who have so many bad things that they're fighting through and working through and they don't get it, they don't understand it, they can't change it, they can't stop it. And Father, we feel helpless because as human beings, we can't change and we can't control what's happening to us. And, and, and so it's it just it's maddening and demoralizing until we remember and it doesn't make it easy, but until we remember that you are the kind of God that takes all of that bad stuff and, and behind the scenes you're working towards good. And you're going to do good things through all these bad things. In ways we can't see, we can't understand, and we can't explain. So it just brings us to a point where we know we're not hopeless, even though we feel helpless. And we just have to make a choice to trust you. To trust you. And keep going. Father, that's what I ask for my friends, my brothers and sisters here, that you would give them the strength to trust you and keep going, keep living, keep loving, keep putting one foot in front of the other and doing the next right thing because you are the God that does good things through bad things. We trust you. We follow you. And Lord, I hope that one day that we'll be able to see what Joseph saw in our own stories. How great that would be. And I believe one day, ultimately, we will in eternity future. But we're here now in the middle of these moments where we don't see everything we want to see and understand all we feel like we need to. So help us. Be inspired by Joseph's story. And simply trust you and keep going. In Jesus' name, amen.